0: listening to ask the pastor a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask and receive biblical answers on your questions from our lead pastor Will Duball. Today's podcast is part 1 of 2 that was recorded at a relationship workshop led by Pastor Will and Pastor Thad. Today's podcast will answer the question, what does it look like to date as a Christian?
1: Topic: Session number 2 on dating. Subtitle: Preparing for a Christ-centered marriage kind of gives away uh, a little bit already where we're headed with this one. So real quick, as we start, I want to give you a little bit of biblical context for this idea of dating. Um, if we were real strict on examining the text in, on dating, we would have nothing to examine. As I said already, there would be zero uh, text included in your workbook because you will not find dating in the Bible. There's no such thing in the Bible uh, as dating. Cultural context on this is um, mostly 2,000 years ago, slash 4,000 years ago, Old Testament, New Testament, all that. Um, Both, all cultures were mostly arranged marriages. Um, We can, you know, we could debate whether or not the biblical model is the best model on arranged marriages. As a parent of a four-year-old daughter now, I uh, tend to believe that arranged marriages is the way that it should be, should have have always been. And so uh, that is the track we are pursuing with our daughter. Uh, Just kidding, maybe, not sure. We haven't had that conversation yet. (laughs) Um, Dating, but regardless of whatever way you spin it, I think what we Want to uh, the, the 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 tack that we're going to take with this that I think um, seems to be truest to um, what the biblical model would be is if there is room for such a thing as dating biblically, it is in the service of preparing you for um, and pursuing. Marriage, a, a godly, God honoring biblical marriage. So dating should be preparation for and pursuit, or, or a pursuit of marriage. Is uh, that that fill in the blank? Um, the reason there's this whole movement of in the Christian subculture, there were like back when I was coming up, maybe still when, when that was coming up and some of y'all, but, uh, I know obviously made news in Christian circles just here recently when the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye sort of fell away from faith, but there was that whole movement of, you know, kissing, dating, goodbye, pushing for courtship instead. Um, you can, you can call it whatever you want, all right? I mean, use the word courtship if that makes you feel more Christian. Um, but what matters is what it is, right? I mean, what matters is, is what we're doing when we get involved romantically with someone who we're not yet married to. And so that's what we want to talk about in this section is prepare you for that kind of interim space between singleness and dating, uh, which is, like we said, intended for preparation for marriage. So Thad's going to read for us um, kind of pivotal uh, text on marriage because we're looking ahead to preparation for this.
0: So on screen in your book, if you need it, um, Genesis 2, uh, verse 18 and 21 through 25. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of a man. Therefore a man should leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they should become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Now we could just stop there and say, listen, if you're looking for a wife, just go to sleep and wait for God to take out a rib and he's going to create you someone." But that's not how it goes. But the first thing that we see is that in creation, like what God had made himself by himself in verse 18 is that the first thing that was not good is aloneness. Now, the caveat of that is singleness doesn't and shouldn't mean aloneness Paul couldn't call it good unless it was good uh, in first Corinthians 7 so just because you're single doesn't mean you're alone but God is showing us that it was not good for Adam to be alone here in the garden after he had created everything he says hey this is not good I'm going to do something about it
1: that's right verses 21 through 23. We've hit on this a little bit already, this idea of completeness versus complementary. The biblical ideal for marriage is a complementary relationship, two people that complement one another well. Um, in Hebrew, actually, the Hebrew word that gets translated here is ribs, zela, uh, actually, more, more accurately means side or half. So um, it's like this picture of. God causing a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and then he takes half of Adam and makes Eve out of that and that's where you get this idea of two becoming one flesh, coming back together. Now, like we said already, we have to be careful about this, about looking to someone else to complete us uh, in a way that we ought to only be looking to God to complete us Um, but there's certainly this idea of complementariness. And so, uh, like, Polly and I, for instance, I think are a good case study in this. We have polar opposite Meyer-Briggs personalities, uh, the disc personality, I mean, literally the graph, you just flip it upside down, mine and hers, mirror images. Um, And so there's this, there's a whole other book that we could probably add to the list on uh, how opposites attract. And also attack, because uh, you, you tend to oftentimes, um, you know, get along with people who are like you, but they're too much like you, right? And so there's, there's this whole dynamic, but the important thing that we're trying to emphasize here is the complementary nature of the marital relationship, of, of making one another better, finding you know, strengths in one another that, that we, are weaknesses in, uh, in ours. And then that, ver- that really beautiful verse 18 uh, that you got there at the beginning where the Lord God says it's not good to manage to be alone. I'll make him a, a helper fit for him or a suitable helpmate. And Azur k'nedzo is uh, the Hebrew. So it's like, a, again, your compliment. It's the yin to your yang. That's what you're looking for in a dating partner, because that's what you ought to be looking for in a marriage partner, is someone who compliments you, who brings out the best in you, but who also rounds out, you know, your, uh, your rough edges and the, the things that you're weak in. So, uh,
0: Which is just further emphasized in, in verse 24 that marriage is two becoming one, a new spiritual union is birthed. Uh, this is a very uh, biblical picture of the ideal marriage that two people become one, two halves are coming together as one. Um, and for those of you who are married or those of you who are looking to get married soon, I think it's great that it says that a man should leave his father and mother, that you, you, you separate from them how you can. You don't get married to say, hey, dad, I still need you to pay the bills and, and help me out. Not that your parents can help you all, but like you're starting something new with this other half that God has given you. Say, hey, we're forming our own independent unit, family unit together, separate from our families. That doesn't mean you totally disregard your in-laws. I'm telling you that's very bad advice. Love your in-laws. Treat them well. But it's a union of two and not just a, a physical union to becoming one. But also a spiritual because the husband and wife, their goal in a biblical marriage is to grow to be more Christ-like in all that they do. It's a spiritual union as well as a a physical one. And it's spiritual because it's done before God in the covenant of marriage as well as a reflection of what Jesus has done in the gospel by dying for us. That's good.
1: Verse 25 is... I, I. Still think probably the most beautiful picture image in all of Scripture before the fall, in Genesis three, you get this, this closing of Genesis chapter two. The man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So God desires. this is the, the, the Garden of Eden perfect ideal version of what a relationship should be is vulnerability and peace in relationship. Uh, to be naked, right, to be like laid bare, not just physically, but emotionally, spiritually. Think of it in in every sense to be fully known and yet to be fully accepted and loved at peace in your soul and your body, you know, you're no shame. This beautiful picture of wholeness and harmony Shalom is the Hebrew word for, for peace. It's like deeper than just like, you know, peace. It's, it's harmony and wholeness and relationship in now in dating. Again, we're, we're talking about all of Genesis two here, but keep in mind, this is a picture of, of marriage. This is not, um, this is not what you are in a dating relationship, right? You are not to become one flesh. And so again, that the consistent pic- picture that we get throughout the Bible, then, is that pretending like you are, acting like you are, um, to become one outside of the covenant bond of marriage can can really, and I heard some, some start to kind of touch on this in the small group discussion uh, before the break, but I mean, I, I won't go into depth about it, but can really I, I can attest from personal um Personal experience as well can really damage that and threaten some of that to become oneness, wholeness within the marriage relationship. You know, you don't as much as you love to just start fresh, clean slate with marriage or with every new relationship or whatever uh, the case may be. That's just not the way, obviously, that God has designed our psyches, designed even our bodies. Right um, that that we, we all bring our sin into our relationships, and that includes you know baggage uh, from, from past relationships. And yet, as Ted just said a moment ago, I mean, the good news is that God can not only take that and, and, uh, and still work with it, but he can actually work it into good. We serve a God who's so powerful, so good, so loving, that he can actually redeem uh, all of that and use it for good in our story. if uh, if we'll let him. That's what he wants
0: to do. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14 Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what does fellowship have with light, with darkness? Uh, Pretty straightforward. Believers should marry believers. Um, Part of preparation for marriage is that it means you don't waste your time with someone who's not marriage material. Uh, that may sound really harsh, but like dating just to date and have a relationship isn't what the Bible seems to indicate. That it should be you're dating for the preparation of marriage. Um, now, God says don't be unequally yoked. If you're a believer and, and he or she is not, they can be a good friend, but they can't be a rom- romantic partner a marriage partner a spouse Um, there was in the culture I grew up in this idea of missionary dating well I'm going to date this individual who I know is not a Christian and I'm going to help them become a Christian because I'm going to date them and they're going to spend time with me and they're going to see oh Jesus is so much better that is bad advice that's a terrible idea don't date someone who's not marriage material It's just a waste of your time, and odds are it's going to, instead of drawing you closer to God, it's going to just push you farther away and just, like we've been talking about, like ruin, bring that baggage into the right relationship that God wants you to have. So just don't waste your time with people who are not marriage material. And I think the you
1: know the positive way to put that is to say you know, that's because God cares so much about marriage. I mean, God loves and instituted in the beginning, you know, this 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 institution of marriage that He doesn't want to be you know toyed with, played around with. You don't you don't mess around with um, you know just dating for fun or, or whatever. And beyond just marriage, God cares about us. And so if I could just skip. Skip ahead to Proverbs 4.23 and then we'll come back. Proverbs 4.23, there the, uh, the next page says, keep your heart with all vigilance for from it flow the springs of life. And, and so the takeaway there for me is be careful who you give your heart to. The heart in the biblical worldview and in like reality, your heart is the most important part of who you are. From it flows springs of life. This is where your life, this is your lifeblood. This is where your life comes from. And, and anybody who's, who's had that experience that we talked about the, the, of, you know, Taylor Swift, every song she sings about, of having your heart, you know, ripped out. It's like, how many guys have you dated, Taylor? But, like, if, you, if you've had that experience, right? I mean, I, I don't want that for my daughter ever. I don't want her to ever have to have her heart broken. It's, 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 it makes for great songs, but, like, hard nights and, and hard, yeah. Like, so take care of your heart. Uh, you only get one of them. And and it's best not to have it ripped out and stepped on and broken any more than you absolutely have to. So be careful. You know, even even in a dating relationship, I would say just be careful how much of yourself and how, how vulnerable and open and how much of yourself you're gonna give to that person. And uh because that's a vulnerable thing, right? Uh naked and unashamed emotionally is a vulnerable thing. You gotta really trust that person, not to take your heart and rip it in two. So uh and we're and like that's it, we're we're sinners, right? And so it's only a, a, a certain degree of trust that is even merited for even the best of us. Um, we will fall short and fail each other. And so go back now to 1 Corinthians fifteen, thirty-three, kind of going along with Second Corinthians six and dating believers is do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals, Paul says. So, you know, just a question to ask yourself to sort of evaluate dating relationships, is this person drawing me closer in my walk with Jesus? And I would suspect that if you've ever dated a non-Christian or if you are dating a non-Christian, it would be very hard for me to conceive of a relationship where someone who doesn't know Jesus is really helping you grow leaps and bounds in your relationship with Jesus. I mean, if they are, that probably says something about your relationship with Jesus, right? Um, So, like, like we already said, that missionary dating, not a good idea. Be careful who you give your heart to. Non-Christians should and will have a totally different worldview, value system you know, than you will. So ask yourself, is this person making me whole Well,
0: that's it for this episode of Ask the Pastor. Part two will be available this Friday. Remember, you can ask your questions each week at the info bar at West Hills or by submitting them online through our website at westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And thanks for listening.